It's called Kings. You might have seen it as you drive down the highway. There's a sign on the right if you're going south. It's called Kings. Well, he's, uh, he's had the privilege of you know, pastoring that last 12 months and just doing a great, wonderful things happening there. So it's good to have him here again. Uh, we always enjoy what he has to share. Uh, enjoy what God shares through him. So let's give him an encouragement and a hand this morning and just welcome him. Good. Thanks, James. Awesome. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Aren't they great? Let's give them a big round of applause. It's wonderful. Good to see you. How are you doing? I uh, hope you've had a great summer and uh, had a great weekend and a great Christmas and all of that. And uh, it's always a great thrill uh, to be here uh, in Gladstone, be here at Port City. Uh, always feel like uh, I'm with family when I'm here. And uh, it's really great. Had a great time uh, yesterday with pastors from around the region and honoured to be sharing with you all today. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, James and Michelle, uh, for inviting me back. It's really awesome. And, uh, and I'm grateful to be, have the op- opportunity to share with you. Uh, it was really cool actually to hear uh, now that I'm a pastor, I've passed the issues now. And so uh, in the past when I was a traveling speaker, I didn't have past the issues pastors have. And so, you know, I've got, I've got to make the same announcement at my church next week that James announced this week, which is we need more volunteers. <laughs> so I totally identify. And I think you were saying you wanted people to do the digital projection and that sort of thing. Honestly, I think it's so much simpler than the old days because in the old days it was called overhead projection, OHP. Now, that was way harder. Do you remember that? You know, like you had the, you had the projector and you had the slide you had to put on there and it was almost, it was like you needed a degree to know how to do it because you put it on and then it comes up upside down and then you put it, turn it around and it's back to front. It's very, very difficult. Here, you just push a button. So uh, for those of you that were scarred from your youth and overhead projection... You don't have to worry about it. So much simpler now, so much easier, so much less stress. You won't be up all night the night before worrying about it, practising. You'll be fine. And so so if you're interested in that, on behalf of Pastor James, now I have a heart like a pastor, uh, then I, I, you know, just, you know, give someone a chop out, help out. So uh, praise God. Anyway, uh, what else did you want me to say? Uh, No, just kidding. So... uh, (laughs) There's a few other things. Tonight you'll hear more. Anyway, uh, wonderful to be here. Always a great honour to share the Word of God with you and we're looking forward to it. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Uh, we've got a cafe at our church down on the Gold Coast and uh, we've had a change of management considering changing the name. Someone offered to say that we call it, should call it Hebrews. Um, but... Uh, Decided not to do that. And uh, also, uh, just give you uh, greetings from your holiday church on the Gold Coast, uh, King's Church. It was so funny, I just noticed, because wherever I go in Australia, I tell people that when, on the, when they're on holidays on the Gold Coast, they've got to visit King's. And uh, I think for the first time in our history as a church, we grew in December. And, uh, but the reason was all the visitors... <laughs> And I had people coming up to me saying, well, you did say we're supposed to be here. Even had someone from Port City actually uh, visit earlier in there, so which is awesome. That's why you're my favourites and I've come back. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it says this. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. I'll read that again. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I'll read that again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The title of my message today is what, you, uh, what to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray that you would speak to people's hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the Bible says uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, that the promises of God are inherited through faith and through patience. Uh, and I like the second bit. I like the first bit. Promises of God inherited through faith. When God tells me, that's when I want Him to do it. But they're inherited through faith and patience. Some translations of the Bible don't use the word patience, use another word. It's called long-suffering. Sometimes you've got to suffer a long time before God's promises actually come to pass. Who knows that as a Christian, we don't always get what we want when we want it. The patience is one of the things we need to exhibit in the Christian life. In fact, actually waiting, there are many times in our life when we are actually waiting for things to happen, when we are waiting for God to do what He actually said. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So what that means is this, there comes a time between, there's a period of time between I'm hoping for something and it actually becomes substantial. Where the thing that I'm actually, the unseen thing I'm believing for actually becomes evident. There's always actually a period of time. And as a Christian, it's wise to know how to handle waiting seasons, how to handle and make the most of seasons where we're waiting transition, when we're actually hoping for something, but it actually hasn't come to pass yet. A lot of Christians spend their whole life doing not a lot much and waiting for their ship to come in or waiting for something to change in their circumstances. But it is wise for us to know how to actually handle life in those situations. Did a series on our, in our church called While You're Waiting and talked about on a few topics where in the Christian life we actually have to wait for some things. Today I want to talk to you about what to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be. What that means is what to do when you're in a situation that you don't want to be in. You'd rather be in a place elsewhere. You'd rather be in a job elsewhere. You'd rather be in a situation elsewhere, but you're not there. You're actually over here. What do you do in those seasons? So with that in mind, I want you to turn with me now to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. And uh, going to be reading from verse 4. Jeremiah 29 verse 4. And going to read from verse 4 to 11. Says this, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell, the, dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so they may bear sons and daughters, that they may increase there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord God for it, for in the peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That last verse there is one of the most famous passages of Scripture in the Bible. 
For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And so many of us, and if you're like me, you know that God's got good plans for my life. He's got a future. He's got a hope for me. He's got good things in my future. But one of the most powerful things is when you actually read that verse in the context of the Scripture. He's actually, the prophet Jeremiah is actually speaking to the Israelites who are actually in captivity. And at that time, false prophets rose up and said, hey, listen, don't worry, God's going to get you out of this. God's going to take you away from this. God's going to cause you um, to, God's going to cause you to, uh, to come out of this place, this place of captivity. And Jeremiah gets up and he says, actually, that ain't happening. <laughs> uh, you're going to stay here 70 years and you're going to stay here. Most of you are actually going to die here. But hey, behold the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's talking to people who are in a place where they don't want to be, that God's got a plan and purpose for their life. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me God can bless you right where you are. That so many of us think, oh, well, I'll get when, this, when this happens or when that happens, then think good things are going to happen. No, no, no. Regardless of your situation, even if you know you're in a transition season, God wants you to know He's got good things for you right here, right now in this season. Every single one of us has transition seasons at some point in our life. Every single one of us goes through maybe one wilderness experience in our entire life. But in the midst of that, God can still do good things. God has opportunities for us and God wants us to make most of every single season that we have in our life. And so I wanna talk to you today out of this passage of Scripture about what to do while you're waiting, for, while you're in a place where you don't wanna be. What to do when you're in a transition season. What to do when you're in a season where you don't feel like being in? What to do when you're somewhere but you'd actually rather be somewhere else? What to do when you're in this place but God has a promise for you elsewhere as well? God still has things for you right here, right now, in this place, in this time, in this season, in your life. What to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be? So we're going to... So just taking from Jeremiah 29, 4 to 11, we're going to look at a few things that God command, that Jeremiah commands the Israelites to do when they're in the place when they don't want to be. The first thing he says to them is this in verse 5. He says, build houses and dwell in them. Build houses and dwell in them. He's talking to people who are, who are living, living in a city where they don't want to live in and he tells them, don't rent their buy. He's actually telling them, build houses and settle in them. The first thing that you need to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be is number one, settle in. Doesn't mean settle down, but actually settle in. When you're in an in-between season, what happens is you very often make short-term decisions. And very often those are not the best decisions. I know myself, this is something that I've painfully learnt over the years. Right now, where we live on the Gold Coast, and I know it's easy, it's on the Gold Coast, we're near Burley Beach and all that. Um, but right now is probably the, is the first time in 20 years where I've actually felt like I've settled down. That I've been, every city that I've lived in and every job that I've done, it never felt like I was going to do this forever. It only felt like a transition season. But because of that, my wife and I made, there was a couple of times we made some poor choices because we thought we weren't going to be there very long without realising we actually ended up there a lot longer than what we thought we were going to be. One of the main, I remember one of the uh, major things that happened was when we moved to Brisbane and lived there and 
when I first got there, we didn't buy a house. We just thought, you know, God's going to, you know, God's, we're not going to be here that long, so we won't buy a house here and we'll buy something somewhere later on without realising we ended up living 12 years there. And then after a few years there, we thought, okay, well, you know, we'll buy something. And, and, we, bought a, and we bought a house and, 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 so, and we moved into there. And then 12 months later, it got flooded in the Brisbane floods. Now, after the Brisbane floods, we were blessed. We were actually insured. And so after the Brisbane floods, we had the opportunity to redo some things in our house with some of the insurance money. And so we had a little bit left over and there was possibilities that we could put some extensions in. We bought the house. It was a three-bedroom house, one bathroom. We are expecting eventually we were going to extend it, build in underneath and that sort of thing. But when we, we really felt we weren't going to live in that house long term. And so when the floods came through, we had a little bit of extra money and that sort of thing. But because we thought we would probably leave there within about 12 months or something like that, there were some decisions we didn't make that I, that I actually regret now. We chose not to. That was a perfect opportunity to extend our house, but we actually didn't do it at that time. It was a perfect opportunity to do some other things to make it even more livable and that sort of thing, but we didn't do it because we're like, oh, we're not going to be that long anyway. This isn't, where, this is gonna, this isn't gonna be our forever place. And so let's not worry about that. And in the end, we missed the opportunity to do it. And we actually lived in that house another seven years. Three bedrooms, one bathroom... And three children living in that place another seven years. And after a couple of years, I thought, man, I wish I had, a, when I had the opportunity, I wish I hadn't have done it. I wish I had have invested in it a little bit more. What was happening? In my heart, I knew this wasn't going to be my forever place. But because of that, I just decided I'm not going to commit to anything. I'm not going to settle in. And I missed out on opportunities, which would have advanced us probably even more right here, right now. Need to understand that when you're in a situation where you don't want to be, it's a time to actually settle in. Even though you know you're not going to live there forever or be in that place forever, actually act like you actually are. Not only that, when you, when you settle into a place and invest in it, you'll find that you'll actually reap more from that season. I remember a number of years ago, and, and James, you may have um, seen these videos back in the day called Transformations videos. And, there was a, and it was talks about a number of cities where they had citywide transformation uh, around the world. And there was one, one city called Hemet in California. And there was a pastor there uh, by the name of Bob Beckett. And he went to Hemet and uh, he didn't like living in Hemet. He wanted to li- and he said that the whole time he was there, he mentally had his bags packed. And as a result, his ministry wasn't flourishing. It wasn't effective. I think if you've, if you've got the attitude in ministry, you're only going to be a place a short time. It affects everyone else without you even realising it. And so he was there and, and, and he was mentally had his bags packed and it wasn't going well. And then one day he felt God challenge him and say, I want you to buy a burial plot here at Hemet. And he's like, no way. I am not. And it was like a real challenge. And God says, you've got one foot out the door the whole time you're here. And because of that, you're not as effective. And so he decided, he said, okay, he bought a burial plot in Hemet and like revival broke out in his church. And there was a fruitfulness that came into his church and his ministry as a result of settling in to where he is right now. I would assume the kind of town Gladstone is, 
the people come in, you think, I'll give you a couple of years and they'll go off and while I'm here, I won't do much, won't invest in much, won't get settled in much. But I'm here to tell you that even if you are only here for a season, God has things for you right here, right now. Yes, God might have even greater things on the other side and somewhere else, but while you're here, God has things for you right here. On the Gold Coast, we're a very transient population. People come and go all the time. But I say that while you're here, settle in. And you'll be amazed at what God draws into your life in regards to settling into this place right here, right now. The next thing is this. He says, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. The second thing that you need to do is to start doing something. Start doing something. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. When you're in a situation you don't want to be, you feel like you don't want to work or do anything. God might have you in a place you don't want to be because that might be the only place where you can produce a particular fruit. There may be the reason why you're in a situation where you don't want to be because some of the things you're able to do there is that that this is the only place and time that you're able to do it. My dad is uh, Tongan and, uh, you know, so grew up in Tonga and it's a tropical environment. And I think when we moved to Queensland, it kind of stirred him up a bit about it. And, um, but he lives in Melbourne. And so I remember going and visiting him in Melbourne and he tried to create a tropical garden uh, in Melbourne. And uh, say so he'd like a palm tree. And he had this one little, little insipid-looking plant. And I went and looked at it. I said, what's this, Dad? He goes, it's a banana tree. <laughs> and I said, in Melbourne... He goes, yeah, that thing produced nothing. Why? Because you can't produce that fruit in that place. Does that make sense? In the same way, for some of you here, I don't know who I'm talking to you, to God has got you in the situation you're in right now because there's something that can be produced for your future right now that you're not going to get if you leave. From that posi- when you leave that position. And so God wants, has us in positions that there are things that can be produced in our life and through our life in the place where we are right now. One of my favourite letters in the Bible, and I might be doing a series on it later this year, is, called, is the letter of Philippians. And Philippians and a couple of other letters uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote are really awesome letters, but the number of them were actually written while he was in prison. So he's in prison... And he's actually serving, you know, for serving the Lord. Now, you could think to yourself, if you're in his situation, and those prisons were not nice. No TV, no nice beds, got to supply your own needs. It was pretty, pretty, pretty grotty. And here he is in prison while serving the Lord. And you can think to yourself, well, while I'm here, I've just got to, you know, God obviously doesn't want me here. God, you've got to get me out. Praying every day, God, get me out, get me out. But in the midst of that time, he thought, well, I may as well, I need to communicate to all the churches. So he started writing letters. And here's the thing, those letters, he would not have known that those letters, some of those letters would last a few thousand years and actually be letters that are actually a blessing to way more people than he was communicating to. I actually believe it was the will of God that Paul spent some time in prison because he was so driven, he was so busy teaching face to face, didn't have a lot of time to sit down and write and God had a bigger plan for his life and sat him down in prison and Paul obviously had the, obviously had the work ethic and the understanding that I'll just do something while I'm here without realising that that was even more fruitful than some of the other things that he actually did. When you're in a place where you don't want to be, settle in and also 
do something. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And you might find that's the very thing that's able to propel you into your future or produce fruit in another season. We need to make sure that we're in a situation where we don't want to be. We have to start doing something. The next thing is this. It says in verse 6, he says, Have children that you may be increased there and not diminished. Increased there and not diminished. So not only are the Israelites in captivity, he actually wants them to increase in number and not go backwards. I could imagine some of those people saying, thinking to themselves, oh, it's not good for us to have children right now. We don't want our children raised up in Babylon. We don't want our children raised up in captivity. Maybe we should just choose not to have any children and not worry about that. But God says to them, no, no, even if you're in captivity, have babies. That you might increase there and not diminish. He's speaking to the Israelites that at that time were God's covenant people. But the Bible says in Romans that through Jesus Christ, we've been grafted into the family line as well. So what that means is for our application today, it actually means that God wants us, the Christians, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, God wants us to increase as well. So the third thing you need to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be is number three, share your faith. Because sometimes God will have us in a situation simply because there's someone unreached that we can actually reach. You know, I've had, I remember one time I was at um, one of the seasons when I was in a place where I didn't want to be. I was living in Melbourne and uh, I was working at a warehouse uh, called Converse uh, and, the, and we used to dis, uh, distribute the shoes Converse footwear. And, um, and so I used to work for Converse and I used to work in the warehouse there. And I had a few issues, like I got offered a, one particular job, but when I got there, I didn't actually get given that job. I got demoted. And so I had a high level of offence to them and that sort of thing. I was very young. And, and so whilst I was there, I had a bad attitude, didn't really feel like working hard or anything like, felt like that they had ripped me off. And, and I spent the whole time I was there, I spent 18 months there. And I spent the whole time trying to get out. My whole focus was to get out of that place. I even remember one of my supervisors saying to me, he said, Ben, you can't just wish your life away. He says, you can't just spend your whole time wishing that you were somewhere else. And so I look back on it and realise that he actually had great wisdom in that. It was towards the end of that time that God called me to go to Bible college. And I was like, oh, great, praise God, I can get out of here. And I remember at, you know, we told the staff that I was going and I told them I was going to Bible college. And one of the ladies who worked in the office, and I would see her every day, she came, uh, she, you know, we were announcing that I was leaving. She came up to me. She goes, oh, you're going to do Bible college in Sydney. I said, that's right. She goes, oh, that's awesome. Good on you. She goes, I didn't know that you're a Christian. <laughs> I've been here 18 months with people I have never seen since. And she they didn't even know I was a Christian. I'm spending the whole time wishing I wasn't there. And yet there's all these people around me who need Jesus Christ. Maybe God had me there for a season, one of the reasons so that we could be increased and not diminish. That I could share my faith. And I've realised in that since that time that wherever I am, no matter what's going on, no matter what the season, whether I like it or not, one of the reasons why I'm here right now is so that I can share my faith with other people. You know, the Bible actually says in Psalms, verses 84, verses 5 to 6, It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. And so what it says there is that God's people were on pilgrimage. Our strength is in Him. 
And it says, we pass through the valley of Baca. That word Baca actually means place of weeping. So he's saying, we're going through, we're not staying there. We're not gonna be here forever, but we're going through a valley of weeping. We're going through something we're not enjoying. We're going through something that's a tough time. But it says that as we do that, we're actually making it a spring and covering it with pools. What is it saying? That wherever we go, even if we're going through a tough time, we're supposed to, we're supposed to make these dry places springs. We may not come back there, but we're supposed to leave some kind of legacy behind, some kind of legacy of faith. You might be going through a place of weeping right now, going through a tough time in a season where you just feel like that this is not your forever place. I'm here to let you know, take your eyes off all your problems. Start looking around the people that you may never see again and make that place a valley of springs and of pools and share your faith and leave a legacy behind. Amen? Sometimes God takes us away from our purpose and out of our way so we could share our faith with someone. A classic example of this is a guy named Philip. The Bible says that Philip was translated by God out into the wilderness. And as he was out into the wilderness, all of a sudden a chariot came past with an Ethiopian in it. And God, the Spirit of God said to him, run past it. So he's running past and he hops in and the guy is actually reading a prophecy, the Messianic prophecy from Isaiah. And so Philip says, do you know what that means? And the Ethiopian says, how can I know? I don't know. I need someone to tell me. And Philip, and Philip thinks, well, that's probably why I'm here. And so Philip explains to him about Jesus Christ. The Ethiopian gets saved. He gets baptised right there and then. Philip gets out and then he's translated back to the place where he's supposed to be. What happened? God took him away from somewhere from his purpose to somewhere which he's not going to be forever simply to share his faith with someone else. And some of us here have said, God, I want you to use me. And then he takes us away from where we're supposed to be for a season. Why is that? Because there's other people that need to know about Christ through us. Who else was going to share with the Ethiopian? So God decided, I'm going to take Philip and send him over there so he can share his faith. Some of you are in a place where you know you're probably going to leave in a few months. You might leave it by the end of the year. Why don't you, for the rest of this year, knowing you've got other plans, knowing that there's other dreams in your heart, in the midst of it, can put your eyes on where you are as well and start creating pools and sharing your faith and letting people know about Jesus Christ all the way on the journey. Amen? Some of you are in a tough time right now. One of the best ways to go through a tough time is to take your eyes off your problems and put your eyes on the people that need Jesus Christ and create some springs as you travel along. The next thing it says is this. It says in verse seven, and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. So they've been carried away captive by their enemies. And now... God says to them, I want you to seek the peace of that city. He doesn't say to them, I want you to create a terrorist cell. And I want you to take this city out. This city took them away captive. These people were their enemies. And he said, I want you to seek the peace of this city. The next thing that you need to do when you're in a place where you don't want to be is serve. Serve that place. Even if, it's your, even if it's in a place where you don't want to be. Everywhere we go, God wants us to be value adders. How do I know this? Because He's called us to be salt and light. So what that means is if, if we're salt, everything we touch improves. 
if we're light, every atmosphere changes when we enter. And so even if you're in a place where you don't want to be, might be in a workplace, might be in a town, might be in a situation that you're in, whilst you're in that season, why don't you serve, get active and get involved and make that place a better place than the one that you actually came to. God has called us to serve in the places where we've actually been called. You know, if you look at the people in the Bible, there's so many people that did that. Daniel did that in Babylon. Joseph actually did that in Potiphar's house and in prison. Jacob actually did that for his father-in-law who actually cheated him and he still did it for him. His father-in-law's name was Laban. You know, I have great, um, you know, there's a couple in our church and um, she's a teacher. She used to be a principal of a school in the Whit Sundays and moved down to the Gold Coast, but her husband actually has had cancer. And so she's been teaching in our school, but she felt that, she, that her and her husband want to do like this trip around Australia. They've bought a caravan and do a trip around Australia. And I knew basically from the middle of last year that they were going to do that. And they're planning on doing that probably in April this year. So after Easter, they're going to go and travel. They might go away for a couple of years. And they only joined our church uh, and our school last year. In the middle of the year, um, she told me and she said, listen, we're going to go and do this trip. And I said, that's awesome. It's great for you to spend time together. And usually when people do that, they check out at that moment, that they mentally check out because their whole focus is on this trip. And she said, "Um, but before we go, I want to join production team. I said, what? She goes, I want to join production. She goes, I want to do words. My husband wants to learn sound. He didn't even know sound. He wants to learn sound. And I said, you're only going to be here like nine months. Yeah, but while we're here. And so... It was funny, the campus that they go to, we've got a couple of campuses, the sound guy left. They have been on every single week for like the five months and they're going to do it all the way until they go. They knew nine months ago that they were actually leaving. But even though their current season is a transition season, even though their heart is to get in the caravan and be on the road, they said, while we're here and in this church, we're going to, say, we're going to serve all the way till we're out the back door. Amen? There's something powerful about being invested in wherever you are right now. You know, the reality is every single one of us at some point have lived in different cities and had different occupations. Every single one of us. I myself have lived in four, five cities myself. But every single time, while you're there, invest in, serve in and dig in and God has something for you in that season. Amen? When I was at Bible college, I had all my friends, all my friends wanted to be preachers and they, and they all wanted to do all these things and big dreams. And, and I remember I was, and, they all, and I, we all had to, get, obviously at Bible college, we all had to go to a church. I moved to Sydney to go to Bible college. And I went to this little church that was based at our college and it was called Bankstown Family Church. And I remember at the time, um, you know, a lot, of my, you all, a lot of my friends were, you know, kind of going to church, but they weren't serving at a church while they were doing Bible college because they were so busy studying, you know, and didn't have enough time to serve. And so I remember at the time I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, just do whatever Pastor Dave tells you. And so Pastor Dave was our senior pastor and, and, he, and, he, and I'd say, listen, I'll, I'll just, you know, whatever you want me to do, let me know. And, and, and we used to have a bump-in team. And so it, what that means is they used to set up church at Met in a hotel, uh, the Ridges Hotel in Bankstown. And um, we used to set up early every week and you'd be on a roster. But every single week I would get a phone call 
and I would get asked to go and help out because usually a Bible college student pulled out from serving uh, that morning. Maybe they were spending too much time praying the night before, I'm not sure. And so, and every single week I was there and just helping out and getting invested. And then some of my friends were looking for opportunities to minister. And so they would go to some of the bigger churches, you know, try and position themselves so that they could get ministry. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go over there. And God said, no, no, you just stay here. This is where you are. You just help out. And then within a while, I got trusted to do more things, got opportunities to do more things. By the time I'd finished my time there, I'd actually done a lot of preaching, done a lot of worship leading, done a lot of serving. That's not what I actually started out wanting to do. It was just that while I'm here, may as well get involved. Opportunities arose. And then I realised that that was perfect preparation for the next thing I went and did. And the next thing I went I did, I needed to know how to preach day one and not be a trainee. But I learnt that in that season just by getting active and involved. Wherever you are, even if you know that God has got other things for you elsewhere, God must have you in the place you're in right now for a reason. Get involved, get inactive and serve. Suck the marrow out of that season. Don't look back and be like me and have a couple of regrets. I wish that in that season, I had made better choices. Serve and get active in the season that you're actually in. And the next thing is this in verse seven. He says, And pray to the Lord for this city, for in its peace you will have peace. The fifth thing is, Seek God for it. Seek God for it. Seek God for the place where you're in. One of the funny things that has happened is that God gave me a heart when I was in a different, each city, God gave me a heart for that city. And one of the things I realised is that in hindsight, I realised it wasn't a forever thing for those cities. I do feel like now is a forever thing, but at those times, and, and I remember when I lived in Ipswich in Goodna, and, uh, I, and now, if you understand something about Goodna, uh, people don't move there, they end up there. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> and I was living in Goodna, and, and I said to my wife, I said, you know, I, I could live in Ipswich till I die. I love Ipswich, and that sort of thing. And it was almost like, and God did, and it, and it was, Ipswich was awesome, and, and we were able to learn things and get invested and get involved in the community, and it was really great. And then when we left and moved to the Gold Coast, there's been, I still got a property in Ipswich. So there's been a couple of times where we go back and I think to myself, why do I even like this place? Look, you know, (laughs) where I live now is so much better. But I thank God, God gave me a heart for a place for that time because God had something for me in my life in that season. Wherever, whatever city you're in, whatever place you're in, God wants us to be invested in it and to seek God for it, to see God move in that place, to pray for it, to see people come to know Christ in that place. Wherever we go, God wants us to create pools of water. You might be on a journey. You might be in the Valley of Baca, which is not your forever place. But even whilst you're there on the way through, create pools of water wherever you go so that you can look back and realise my time in that season was not wasted It was perfect preparation for what God had in my future. Amen? Even if you're in a place where you don't want to be. Some of you right now are saying, Ben, I'm in my promised land. And you know what? Praise God. That is awesome. But statistically speaking, there's probably a couple of people here and you're like, what the situation I'm in right now, this is I, I just know it's not my forever thing. Even if that's the case. 
make the most of this season. And while you're waiting, God will do things in this season that you may not get elsewhere. Jeremiah prophesies over a people who are in captivity and want want to get out. And he says, For behold, the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. And he's talking to people who are in a place where they don't want to be. Amen? And maybe for some of you, the start of this year was discouraging. You turned over to 2019, you thought, I didn't think I'd be stuck still in this. I thought that by now I'd be stepping into this and it just hasn't happened. Well, I'm here to let you know, God's, if God still allowed you to stay stuck in that thing, He's got something for you in that thing. And God wants to energise you and fuel you to make the most and suck the marrow out of this current season. So can I just ask everyone to just close their eyes and bow their heads for a moment. Worship team, you can come. And maybe right now you're saying, Ben, that's me. I'm in a place where I don't want to be. It might be figuratively speaking. It might be geographically speaking. It might be a station in life. And you're just like, Ben, that's the way I'm feeling. God wants you to have hope for even the current season you're in. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So if that's you this morning, right where you are, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you, just slip up your hand and say, that's me. That's how I'm feeling, uh, figuratively or geographically or station in life, whatever it is, you're saying, right now I'm in a place where I don't want to be. But God's got you here for a reason, to be a blessing and to be blessed in the midst of it. Amen. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Secondly, maybe you're here and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. You don't have a relationship with God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God has plans for you. And He's got a hope and a future for you to prosper you and not to harm you. And so when you become a Christian and give your life to Christ, it actually is the most awesome thing because you get to go to heaven after you die, which is awesome. But it also means that you have a relationship with God and He's got a plan and purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your life right here, right now. And if you're in this place and you haven't given your life to Christ, but you want to, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me this morning. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to give my life to Him. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand right now and say, that's me this morning. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to give my life to Him. Awesome church, you can open your eyes. What I'd like to do is this. Those people who put their hands up saying that the season of my life right now, whatever it is, It's a place where I don't want to be. It's a transition season. And I want God's strength and God's perspective in this season. Right where you are, we're all family in this place. We've all been through it at some point. There's nobody in the Christian walk that has not experienced this. Every one of us have to go through through things like this from time to time. I have many times. But if you're here and that's how you're feeling, right where you are and you put your hand up, just right where you are, could you just stand on your feet right where you are? We're all family. It's all good. There's a number of you. Just right where we are saying, that's how I'm feeling. It's a station of life. It might be an occupation, whatever it is. And saying, that's how I'm feeling. If you're near someone standing, could you just stretch your hands towards them or put your hand on their arm or something like that? I'm just going to pray for them. And those of you standing, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have a plan and purpose for my life. Right now, I'm in a place I don't want to be. 
but I know you're going to bless me in the midst of it. Give me hope. Give me joy. Give me strength to continue walking and make the most of this season. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Lift your hands to heaven, those of you standing. Father, in Jesus' Name, I pray for all these people standing and I ask and pray that right now you would fill them with hope. Lord, you said to the Israelites in Babylon that they should have hope because they've got a, you've got a plan for their life. I pray that for every person here, you will fill them with hope. I know, Lord God, that this is not a forever thing. I know, Lord God, the season will change and they'll step into things that are even more fulfilling and even more satisfying. But even in the midst of that time, Lord, I ask and pray that you help them be filled with faith, filled with hope, filled with life. Help them to suck the marrow out of this current season because there's some things in this season they may never get the opportunity to do again. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Church, would you stand to your feet? Lift your hands to heaven. Father, in Jesus' Name, I thank you for Port City Church. I thank You, Lord God, for the blessing that this church is to this community. I thank You for the fruitfulness and the legacy in this church. And I declare and prophesy that even greater days are ahead, Lord God. I thank You that Your Word says the way of life winds upward for the wise. And I, this church has had twists and turns over the years, but I thank You, Lord, it's forever winding upwards. And I pray, Lord, and may there even be another season of winding upwards even more quickly and in an accelerated way, Lord God. I thank You for the foundation, upon here and I thank you for the lift that's even coming to a new level. I declare your blessing and favour upon every person in this place. Over the pastors, Pastor James and Pastor Michelle, I declare your blessing and favour upon them and their family. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Let's worship Him in this place. Your grace has been 